rude, mean, inconsiderate, degrading, harsh, condescending. This woman doesn't deserve such treatment. On the surface of the gospel today, one might just walk away with this understanding, this interpretation of this passage. And maybe as you're listening to the encounter between this Canaanite woman and Jesus, you were a little disturbed about the way he spoke to her. But maybe instead of taking the side of the Canaanite woman and sticking it to the man, maybe we can learn from the Lord. Or maybe we can even learn from the Canaanite woman herself. Maybe this encounter is not what we expected it to be. First, a little side note. This woman is a Canaanite, which means that she comes from the area and the people that were literally the greatest enemy of the Israelites. All throughout the Old Testament, you always hear over and over that God's delivering the Israelites from, guess who? The Canaanites. But they just weren't the greatest enemy of the Israelite people. They were, let's just say, the pagans of pagans. They broke every rule in the book. And let's also say that virtue wasn't their thing, but rather vice. So they were always always attacking the Israelites, always waging war upon them. God was always delivering the people Israel from this Canaanite people. So for this woman, this Canaanite woman, to approach Jesus is mind-blown and really unheard of, unprecedented. Not only because of where she comes from, but because they were known to be such pagans. But what's interesting is that this woman addresses Jesus in a very unique way. She says, have pity on me, Lord, son of David. What she is essentially doing is saying, you are the Lord and you are the Messiah. You are the one to come to redeem Israel. I believe in you. Now, most Jews didn't even say that about Jesus. But this woman does. So what is Jesus' response to such really an outstanding and remarkable comment from this woman? Silence. He doesn't say a word to her. Then the disciples, in maybe a low moment, try to dismiss this lady. Look, she is aggravating the heck out of us. Let's send her away, Jesus. But notice that although Jesus is silent, he doesn't dismiss her. He doesn't dismiss her. So after their attempt to get rid of her, Jesus kind of randomly proclaims his mission. And he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. What does he mean? What he's saying is that in the order of salvation, that the Jews come first that the Lord picked this group of people to, make him, to reveal himself, and they would be the light to the nations. They would be the light to the pagans. They would be the light to the Gentiles, even the Canaanites. But despite hearing these words, because you can just imagine the woman hearing, I've only come to the lost sheep of Israel, and knowing she's not part of those people, 
she goes to him again. And she doesn't stop. And the scriptures say, and Matthew accounts for us, that she did him homage and said, Lord, help me. Now, the last time in Matthew's gospel, we heard someone or some people doing Jesus' homage was on this mountain. It was his three closest friends, Peter, James, and John. When they saw Jesus in all his glory, in all his majesty, they did him homage. And now this Canaanite woman comes and worships him and says, Lord, help me. And then comes the moment, then comes the comment that really rattles us, maybe even disturbs us. Jesus replies with this, it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. Now, whether we're in 2017 or at the time of Jesus, being called a dog is never a compliment. So what is happening? What is Jesus trying to do? What is occurring? Well, firstly, he's saying that, look, to the Jews belongs first the order of salvation, the message of the Messiah, the message of the kingdom goes to the Jews first. And he calls them the children, the children of the covenant. And then, not right now does it belong to the Gentiles and to the pagans, or what he calls the dogs. So, two failed attempts, two apparent rejections, first silence, and then saying, look woman, it's not your turn. You're not up yet. Then the words of the woman are so profound because she doesn't stop. And she says, please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Notice that she still is calling Jesus Lord. Despite these rejections and silence, she goes to him again with the words, Lord. And Jesus commends her, praises her, and says, O woman, great is your faith, and then grants her request, and her daughter is healed. So what are we to make of such an encounter? What are we to learn from Jesus, or maybe more importantly, what are we to learn from this woman, this Canaanite woman? I would say this, that this woman is an example to us all for life, but also an example of how to pray, of how to pray. Because first, she comes to Jesus with faith. She says, you are the Messiah, you are the Lord. She knows who she is, but more importantly, she knows who Jesus is. She knows that her Lord stands before her. And she knows that the only person that can help her in her situation is right there. And she's going to take advantage of it. And she goes to him with faith, saying, you are my Lord, you are the Messiah. I trust in you. And because of this, this doesn't stop her from although she knows who she is, more importantly, she knows who Jesus is. Faith. Secondly, perseverance. 
To her initial request, silence. To her second request, not your turn yet. But she keeps saying, Lord, Lord, Lord. You know, oftentimes when we go to prayer and there's silence, we often interpret that as a dismissal, a dismissal from Jesus. Well, Jesus, you're not speaking to me in prayer. You must not want me to be here. You're not giving me what I need at this moment. You must not care for me. But we see in this woman a perseverance that we should imitate. Because Jesus is testing our faith. He's testing and basically saying, do you love me enough to just be with me? And he's also testing, do you come to prayer only to seek the consolations of God, or do you come to seek the face of the God of consolations? What is your motivation? So faith, perseverance, and lastly, humility. The humility of this woman is so great. Jesus reveals to her that she's not yet the recipient of this new covenant that Jesus has come to establish. And as we heard in our first reading from Isaiah, it was prophesied from way back when that all the peoples, all the nations, all the foreigners would come and worship together as one family. And she knows that. But she knows who she is too. And she's not a Jew. But she goes to Jesus and says, Lord, I'll take just the scraps. I'll take just whatever you want to give me. I'll take even if it's just a little bit. I'll take it. And she's satisfied with whatever the Lord has for her. Whatever it may be. Even if it's just the scraps. So maybe a question for us. Are we satisfied with what Jesus gives to us when we go to him in prayer? Or do we expect him to always give what we think that we need and what we want at that moment? Are we satisfied with just even the presence of God? Faith, perseverance, and humility. A quick story to end. I just recently on Wednesday, Wednesday night, got back from a mission trip to Haiti. It was a great mission trip. We flew into Port-au-Prince, drove four hours to go to La Vallée. And it was a very poor, poor town, but we stayed in this somewhat decent, nice hotel as we were staying there. And every morning I wake up about six o'clock, six o'clock, and I'd make my way from my bedroom where I was staying. There was a little tunnel that went underneath the street to the main building of the hotel. And I would go to the roof because there would be this beautiful sunset that would come over about 6.30 in the morning. It was just a time of prayer and reflection. But on that first morning when I woke up, I noticed something. Word had gotten out that we were there. And about 10 little Haitian children were waiting at the gate in the entrance on the street to the hotel. And so as I had my time of prayer. I came back down to get ready for the day, and I went and introduced myself to them. I said, hello, my name is Father Colton. I mean, there's a little language barrier because I don't speak Haitian Creole. They said their names, 
And then guess what the first thing they said after that? Give me. And they pointed to my shirt, to my shoes, and to my watch. And they went like this, give me, because they wanted food. And my first response was silence. I made my way back to my room. But the next morning, when I woke up at 6 o'clock, made my way over to the next building, guess who was waiting at the entrance to the hotel on the street? The same kids. And when I came back down to get ready, I saw them, and guess what they said to me? Give me. Give me. My response, not yet. But then on that last day, I gave in to their request. Because morning after morning, same time, same place, they showed up. They were persistent. And on that last day when they said, give me, I gave in. I gave them my shoes. And the rest of their group was giving shirts away, food away, and even their watches away. Those kids, those Haitian kids who were nowhere older than 12 years old taught me a lesson. They taught me to have faith because they knew who we were. They knew why we were there, to give them, to provide for them. And because they more importantly knew who we were, they showed up every day. And they were persistent, they persevered. Now to get, I don't have children myself, but I have nephews, and to get them up at six o'clock in the morning is not an easy task. But these kids got up by themselves and made sure they were waiting at the entrance. And they were humble because they knew their need. They knew they needed a shirt on their back. They knew they needed shoes on their feet, food in their bellies. I'm not really sure if they needed the watch, but they wanted it. They knew what their need was. And so they went to who could provide that for them. Faith, perseverance, and humility. My brothers and sisters, these are three characteristics that we should have, not only in our life, but in our prayer. Because especially in our world today, when we have things going on in Charlottesville, Barcelona, maybe we go to God and say, Lord, please help us, have pity on us. And he's silent. But do we stop there, or do we keep persevering in that? Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Or do we take our, his silence as a form of dismissal? Oh, God isn't caring about us. Do we go to God with humility, recognizing that we need, and only he can provide what we need? And so I invite us today to pray for those three graces that we may be faith-filled, knowing not just who we are, but who God is. That we may persevere, that we may always show up, even if God may be silent. And that we may be humble, knowing that we are in need and God is the only one who can fulfill it. Let us pray for those graces of faith, perseverance, and humility.